In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You're invited to be seated. And at home, you're invited to be seated too, if you'd like. When they heard this, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. They left him and went away. Talk about dropping the microphone. That's a saying that is an emphasis when you have said something so definitively, you can take that microphone away from your mouth and with an, with an emphasis, drop that microphone. That's essentially what Jesus did in this test. Where the Pharisees, those who follow the law strictly, and the Herodians, those who were in some way tied up with King Herod, the, the Roman king. They are an unusual batch of people to be together, but they had the common enemy in Jesus, and so they team up to trip him up. There is an old proverbial saying that is meant to give guidance in an area where one might think guidance is not needed because it's so obvious. Because of our human nature, there's an adage that is needed for us. It says, use money and love people, not the other way around. Using people and loving money is what is lurking in the background as we find Jesus with this encounter between the Pharisees and the Herodians, that unlikely set of people who teamed up to trick Jesus. Is it okay to pay a temple tax? If Jesus says no, then there's trouble with the Romans. If he says yes, then he is despised by the religious purists who say a temple tax is a desecration to our faith. Jesus offers his perspective as he asks for a coin. They quickly produce one. He asks whose picture, whose icon is on it. That's the actual Greek word, whose icon is on it. They say the emperor's. Jesus says, if his icon is on the coin, then give it back to him. It's his. The Herodians are now happy. But then Jesus makes a pivot and adds, but give to God the things that are God's. In effect, Jesus looks at every faithful person in their eyes and said, whose picture is on your heart? Whose icon is in your heart? What is reflected? What picture is reflected in the deepest part of your being? Does your soul of souls look like the love of God? Does your soul of souls reflect the icon of God's kingdom? Or does the icon of something else 
something of this world? Is that what's reflected deeply in us? It's a penetrating question. An icon is something that we see through. The orthodox icons cover church walls in an orthodox church. They are meant to be something to look through. They're not meant to depict how a person actually looked. When one looks at an icon of a saint, one does not see what they actually look like. One sees their heart. And as you look through that icon, you see what that saint values, what that saint holds as most sacred. An icon of Jesus sees the heart of Christ, not a picture of what he might have looked like on the outside. It's a powerful word and image that Jesus goes to. Do you render to Caesar? Do you reflect the world that Caesar might want? One that is paid for by a tax on a beautiful temple. Or do you see something profoundly different? What the temple is really about. About touching people and their heart and their needs. Is this place some place that reflects the heart of God? That faith-filled place where one generously gives their love and their energy to what God values? Or is the icon of just an outward edifice, a structure that's beautiful on the outside, and all it takes is a few denarius to make it happen? Rendering to God is a, a response rather than something that is imposed on our will like a tax. In a relationship of power over us, the powerful person taxes, demands, saps our independence, and makes our will bend towards their will. That's what the icon of Caesar, of emperor, of the world, of things, of materialism looks like. It bends our heart to the will and the influence of something outside of us. God's will instead is reflected as a reflection of love. Because when we see inside our soul and we see God, we reflect back that love to our world. It is a faith-filled response in seeing the heart of God being able to respond with freedom to act in those ways that bless others. I'm touched by so many ways that I've seen in this year of 2020, in so much disruption, in so much pain and suffering, in so many ways where we're isolated and we hurt, we're feeling depressed. I meet people like Patty Gray, who has picked up the ministry of making phone calls across the board in our parish, checking to see how each person is, 
to see if there's anything they might need. Because in her heart, it reflects the love and the care of God. I see the love and the care each day as the mail comes in. We don't pass a plate around anymore for people to put their pledges in. They send it in in an old-fashioned way through the United States Post Office inside a letter with a stamp. I just take those and I bless God for faith-filled responses of generosity that carry on the ministry. If you drive down here during the week, you see that the needs are everywhere around us. If you check in on our live stream, you see that our prayer list is filled with people that our love and our heart is supporting, and we continue to minister and pour out that compassion to them. Because God's compassion is what is being reflected. You see, what we want most is to love people. And money, that's just to be used so that we can love people. That's what Jesus was talking about. He confronted what they brought to him. He's saying, what's more important? A temple that's supported by taxes and a system that that is a part of and Jesus says, you've missed it all. What's important is the people. When we love one another, we are an icon of God, reflecting what God cares about. That's what faith-filled living is all about. That's what faith-filled generosity is. It is a reflection of what God cares for. In the Episcopal Church, we sort of follow a model that you might see on public television. We ask those who are members here, supporters of St. John's, if they will think about what they would hope to be able to do in the coming year so that we can set our budget, so that we know what to plan for. The word we use is an every member canvas, a stewardship time. It's really a time where we ask folks, will your heart reflect in your life a care for a place and a ministry here at St. John's? At the time of the peace, I'll talk a little bit more about what we are doing with our stewardship program. Most importantly, we hope that our stewardship each and every one of us who are the people of St. John's will reflect and be an icon of God's love and our generosity will be at work in all that we do.